0: What's going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Paul. Why so serious? And welcome to the Fanning the Flames podcast, everyone's favorite Phoenix Suns podcast made for the fans for you guys.
1: By the fans.
0: Damn it, I messed that up. Us. Wait, what? Hold on. I
1: got. I recovered. Dude, I recovered. Did you recover it? Okay.
0: (laughs) What happened? I just blacked out. I recovered. It's good. Um, Made by the fans, made for the fans, by the fans. There. That's why we changed the name, because I couldn't say it right. Is that it, Paul? <laughs> you were thing, looking yeah. out for me. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, I'm always looking out for you. At any rate, as always, intro, outro music not brought to us. I but I'm looking out. Brought to you by uh, Oceans Over <laughs> Airplanes, a great band out of Indiana. So you guys should check them out. But on to Sun stuff. Let's just go ahead. i uh, put that little Bring it up. snafu behind me. Pretend it didn't happen. It's not... Forever on the internet. That's cool. Um, no. <laughs> so this week we got a few different topics we're going to hit we, we on. We couldn't
1: just stop and redo it. No, no. <laughs> I tried. You,
0: you, you gave me a look. So good on you, Paul. Good on you. Um, well, because I had saved it and you just didn't realize it. <laughs> you just wanted to get your save in and keep it out there. That's fair. Um, okay. Shh. Topics this week we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get into um, Ryan McDonough coming out this week and talking about how the Suns are gonna. Accelerate the timeline a little bit, and be aggressive in free agency this, fast this, forward this season. The fast forward button, hitting that. Oh, we're gonna talk about point Booker. It was point Bender last summer? Now it's point Booker. <laughs> um, and, and don't forget point Amari, point Amari, point whoever, <laughs> whoever, whoever plays the point, just go for it. If you can do it well, do it. And then, if there's some time, probably not going to be point, Chris. Not point, Chris. If there's going to be some time at the end, uh, Paul might give you his opinion on those beautiful purple Los Suns jerseys. Purple on top, of purple on top of purple. A lot of purple, a lot of different shades of purple. Pur- 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 50, purple. Fifty shades of purple. So, but first, first, Paul. First, want gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You're gonna rant. I'm gonna go into. Enos Cantor, just just for a couple minutes. Right. Maybe not even that much. All right. I may have to pull your mic. If we did this, like, four <laughs> days ago, I would have been on for, like, half an hour. Um, but uh, I've, I've calmed down some. So if you watch that Knicks game, Booker and Enos Cantor got into a little tiff. Booker little ends up getting ejected. It was ejected because it was the second tee of the game, but still ended up getting ejected. And then Cantor decides to hop on social media, like every genius does out there, myself included, and, and share his not-so-pleasant thoughts about Devin Booker, which spiraled into some not-so-pleasant thoughts about Jared Dudley. Who has unpleasant thoughts about Jared Dudley? I know, right? I mean, nobody. Except That's for GM last year when he didn't dunk at all. Like, at all. Come on. One. <laughs> hey, give me one. I'm, I'm happy about that one. Give me one. <laughs> but he, he, he hopped on Twitter and posted a picture of Booker with his arms up. And he—I'm assuming Cantor did it, maybe. I don't know. But there is a— Photoshopped L in there, and Cantor says something to the effect of, "You know, keep holding up that L, boy, or whatever the heck he said." First of all, Cantor has no room to speak right off the bat because he got up in Booker's face after he blocked a shot, or I don't even remember a foul called on it. Booker gave him a little shove away. Seems completely fair to me. It's not like Booker aggressively shoved him. He just kind of said, "Please, give him my space. Please get out of my face. I do not, I do not want to speak to you right now." That ended up costing Booker the rest of that game because I got ejected. But let's just say, Enos Kanter, it's not like you come from this long history of winning. When you were in OKC and you were carried by KD and, and Russ one year and then Russ don't another year. Um, what?
1: Don't forget Utah.
0: I know. Don't worry.
1: Yeah. There.
0: You're going. You you had some wins there. But it's not like the what five years or whatever he spent in Utah were exactly uh, you know littered with great winning seasons. It's not like his time with the Knicks is proving to be this huge breakthrough where the Knicks are suddenly, you know, contender in the East. So as far as winning He's and losing goes, just shut up, dude. Yeah. Like, if you don't have somebody carrying your ass, you're not winning any games then either. Second of all, Jared Dudley? You're really going to— Jared Dudley comes in, defends Booker, and then Cantor comes in and calls him, you know, says something about he hop on the tread, treadmill calling Jared Dudley fat. Has Jared Dudley put on a few pounds over his NBA career? Yes. But he's also one of the most respected players in the NBA. For all, everything I've heard, players love him. The media even loves him. Uh, fans Coaches love, love him. him. Coaches love him. There's Ownership nothing to not him. love about Jared Dudley. The cornrows. And, and I love the cornrows. You know what? Dudley, you be you, man. If you like the cornrows, you you rock those. He, he wants to bring them back. Bring them back. I don't care. And... The, the, the thing for me too is like talking about Dudley's appearance coming from a guy who looks like he's probably not allowed within a thousand feet of a school. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Cantor has that little, like don't leave your kids alone with him kind of look going. He probably owns a van. Definitely owns a van. No windows for sure. For sure. Probably doesn't have a license plate, you know, cause
1: or wow. it's a license plate of a Nissan Sentra.
0: Yes. It's a stolen license plate. So, he he can kind of back off of the whole what somebody looks like thing. Not only does he look like he shouldn't be allowed within like a thousand feet of a school, but I feel like he also kind of has this like he, he looks kind of like Bert, Bertner, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? I just like, saw Bert tonight. <laughs> I, hmm. <laughs> Like where? Like in I'm your neighborhood?
1: <laughs> no, I was, uh, there's this, have you heard of this? Were you uh,
0: Googling Anus Cantor? And no, a picture? I, was not,
1: I was not. Um, have you ever played, uh, have you heard of this game HQ? No. You should, it's fun, but it's this trivia game and it's like a live video thing. And I know what you're talking about. Bert right? Bert was a guest host tonight. Oh. Like,
0: so it was a very like, night coincidence. So Bert is also more relevant than Anus Cantor is what you're saying. In this 24-hour period, yes. Beautiful. So To the Suns, maybe. <laughs> There's some cross-marketing there. Yeah, and then Enos Cantor hops on <laughs> hops on Twitter that night, too. And that was the same night that Boogie tore his Achilles. Yeah. And he's like, get well soon or whatever. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say, like, DeMarcus Cousins has no idea who Enos Cantor is. Like, he probably checked Wait. his timeline. He's like, who? I don't think they played together. Is that what you're getting? Well, they were both... Cantor was recruited to Kentucky, never played at Kentucky. Oh, he never actually so played So perhaps that? there's some connection there. But even if there was a connection there, I'm pretty sure Boogie Cousins has forgotten who he is. Right. I'm going to throw it out there. So I'm done. That's it. That's it. I'm okay. Move see, on. that was that was quick and easy, right? Quick and easy. Quick and easy. So uh, done with Cantor. But while we're on topic of the Suns and Knicks, that was also the first game officially, right? Where Whoa. we saw point book. Yeah. At least the first start. Right. Point Book starter. Right. So there's been a lot of talk out there about whether the Sun should just let Booker start at point guard for the remainder of the year, uh, see what he can do at point guard, or, you know, the flip side of that is let things keep going as they're going and Mm -hmm. solve the point guard problem—it is a
1: problem—as Yeah. time allows. Paul, what do you think? I mean— I'm fine with leaving it as it is for the for the moment. See what happens at the trade deadline. I mean, there there's possibilities. There's some there's some point guard options out there that the Suns could possibly take advantage of to that can at least um, stabilize the position at least through the end of the year. I mean, clear, clearly Tyler Ulis was kind of unfortunately kind of put in a position to fail. He's not he he's not a starter in this league. He doesn't have the the um, Je ne sais quoi that um even like as Isaiah Thomas had that he was allowed him to overcome those height disadvantages when he when he was, you know, putting up points all over the place. I mean to be honest, Isaiah Thomas until last year really wasn't a starter ever in the league either. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that height issue really is really affecting uh Tyler Ulysses and I mean a lot of it's also he's he's so skinny he just doesn't have the weight to like really that thomas has to really um you know push against those those bigger guards and just really be able to get that space he just gets overwhelmed and then i mean isaiah cannon he's a backup i mean mm-hmm. that's what he is i mean I'm i'm kind of surprised they didn't try starting cannon for a few games because clearly cannon was running that second unit really well he was Moving the ball, which is something that they really needed, so it would have been interesting to see Cannon get starters' minutes, actually play with the starting unit, see what that would do. But at the same time, I mean, clearly Booker has improved from that uh, with regards to court court vision, things like that. And I mean, James Harden's a model. Might as well give it a try. See if you have got something similar there that you can you can work with. Um, and going 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 into a free agency period where the point guard options that are out there aren't really what the Suns need exploring other out of the box options isn't a bad move i mean the the way the season's going they're they've got what like the fifth hardest schedule rem- rest of the year or mm-hmm. something like that you know all that hope and i hope we had in that first half of the season when they were Playing pretty well, had a couple little streaks there, you know, like winning four out of seven, six, whatnot. They, they, that's not that's probably gone. gonna happen. That's gone going forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, we may get a little spurt here or there, but it's it's just it's just gone, and it really is gonna be one of those we're we're gonna be getting one of those top six seven picks pretty easily, I think. And there's more big guys. In that draft, so looking to shore up that backcourt in another way is really uh, what they need to do and figure out what they really, really, truly have with Booker. Mm -hmm. Sure, and
0: I've kind of gone back and forth in my opinion on this whole thing. You know, on on one side I say kind of what you're saying, and that is, let's see what Booker can do. Why not Mm -hmm. see if he can kind of be that Harden-esque type guy that can be the ball controller, bringing the ball up, initiating the offense, and at the same st- time still produce uh, scoring-wise like like he, he's capable of doing. On the flip side, I look at it and say, <coughs> excuse me, he he's already developing into one of the better shooting guards in the league. There's no reason at this point for us to think he's not going to continue developing at, at shooting guard and is... Having him kind of play that hybrid type role or have him play a point guard role uh, going to give us the best Devin Booker that the Suns can have for the duration of his career or his time with the Suns, hopefully is is his whole his career. career. Um, is, is it going to basically, you know, turn him into—I think Devin Booker has the capability of being a great point guard. hmm is that is is that going to meet the same level that he could be if he was just primarily you know a a playmaking two um right. so for for those of are kind of indifferent if they want to do it this year, then you know, fine right um, I don't know that I want to you i don't, don't know that know I want them to do it long term yeah, and I think it kind of depends on what they come out of with this draft right. Because, I mean, we've talked about it before. The name that gets thrown around a lot, obviously, is a top five pick now, especially is Trey Young. Um, and if, if he's the type of guy, if the Suns are able to get him and he can perform like he has performed in college, um, averaging, you know, 30 points, well, he probably mm-hmm. won't average 30 points in the NBA, but who knows? But if he averages, you know, 20 and eight, 20 and nine, 25 and nine, whatever in the NBA, then obviously, Booker doesn't need to play point guard. Right. Um, but if, but like, if he's not there and they end up going with a big, then, you know, then you still have that point guard problem that you need to get figured out. Although, like I said before we started recording, I'm so high on DeAndre Ayton. If they can get him, they can leave Tyler Eulis in there at point guard for all I care. I think they're still going to have a great nucleus. That's a bit hyperbole right, right. there. I don't want them to leave Tyler Eulis <laughs> but I'm just saying.
1: Right. I mean, I, I kind of look at it from the standpoint of, you know, we're, we're mm. moving into this era Everybody talks about we're moving in this era of positionless basketball. Mm -hmm. So rather than pigeonholing Booker as a shooting guard, you know, give him that opportunity to expand those skills. So, I mean, yeah, maybe he is going to play the two. Maybe that's kind of where he's going to be. There's going to be a guy who's smaller than him on the court. There's going to be a guy who's bigger than him on the court on the wing. And he kind of plays the two, but he also can run the show Mm -hmm. if he needs to. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the more distributors you have on the floor, the more – a ball moves and we all know that like really the more a ball moves, the better teams play. Right. When you really get into that ISO ball, it just, the game slogs down and it's not a successful way to play ball anymore. But I mean, you start looking back at history. I mean, the shoot, there's been a lot of teams that have had a star shooting guard, offensive shooting guard. And you know, the, the point guard position was just kind of like you know a guy who could hit threes, play some defense, is able to bring up the ball if need be, and initiate the offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, I'm thinking, you know, who was Michael Jordan's point guard? Steve Kerr. I mean, I, I mean, who was Kobe BJ Bryant's Armstrong? point guard? B.J. Armstrong. Sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you don't it. know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it's like it's just a name that's like nobody cares who the point guard was because he wasn't a focal point in the team, and they won a lot. You know. You grow, going into Kobe Bryant, you had Derek Fisher. I mean, yeah, Derek Fisher had a great career, but he was a role player. Mm-hmm. He, he played a role. And then, you know, you move into, like, this next generation with, like, James Harden. I mean, yeah, now he's got Chris Paul, but, I mean, for years it was Patrick Beverly. Mm-hmm. It was a guy who could hit a spot-up three, played some good defense, you know, particularly with a guy like James Harden who didn't play defense, and, you know, could initiate the offense if necessary. So maybe that's kind of what we're looking for at least in the next phase, where you know if we've got a guy who can you know initiate the offense occasionally. He's not just like he's not Marcus Smart, right? I mean, I really don't. I know some people are high on Marcus Smart, but all he is is defense. I mean, I'm very happy for the idea of having a defensive point guard who can take on whoever the the other team's best guard is. Great, but when he's a net zero on offense. Mm-hmm. He, we can't have that, but so you know we get somebody who can be at that point guard position. We've got, you know, Josh Jackson ends up taking over the small forward position, and we start seeing that um, his dis, his um, floor vi- court vision that he showed at Kansas kind of come up in in the start to appear more so in the NBA. You know, then we've got some distributors there. I don't know if if Bender ever turns that corner then he's another distributor. So you got a whole bunch of distributors on the court. That's all that's what we want. Right. That's what I want. That's fun basketball to watch.
0: Right. And I, I think that's kind of where I mean if, in my estimation maybe the Suns are are trying to go with what they've been doing over the past couple of seasons and where they see the timeline going and that is that positionless basketball. You've got a bunch of guys on the court at one given time that can distribute the ball so the whole concept of a point guard quote-unquote as we've seen it over the years kind of starts fading away um and 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 I guess you know if, when I look at this and think do I want Devin Booker playing point guard for the rest of the year one of the reasons I'm kind of indifferent to it is because part of it is sure if that means that you know the transition the progression that they're looking to make is into this uh, Court full of you know potential distributors because again if 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 we've talked about this in the past if you can take this concept of your traditional point guard and kind of spread that capability those types of abilities amongst a few different players that are on the court at any given time and the the Captain America theory here you. Their powers combined, they they give you exactly what you would expect to get out of a quote unquote traditional point guard. Right. I'm, I'm all for that, and I mean we've talked about this in the past too. I keep saying that we talk about we talk about stuff in the past and then well, do it again in the present. unfortunately,
1: um, as a Suns fan, there's only so many topics that are interesting right, to talk exactly. about right now. So, <laughs> you know, just find a new angle to
0: to look to the draft. You know, you brought up Doncic at one of the first podcasts yeah. we did this season, and if he can fill the role of of being, you know, another guy that. Well, he could split time in the front court, back court, whatever you know, yeah. one, two, three, four, whatever. Um, but if he has the capability of being a solid distributor, then pair him with Booker. Then there's there's the distribution, there's the ball handling, there's the vision that you need. Uh, and like you said, if if Jackson um, shows some of that playmaking ability show to Kansas, if uh, Bender turns the corner, then then great. They're starting to progress towards that that concept. And right. again, I think that in in looking at the players that they've been bringing in uh, through the past couple of drafts, um, that perhaps is exactly where McDonough you know sees sees this team going. And and I'm all for it. Like I said, the point guard position is a problem right now. There's not necessarily one solution to it. It's not necessarily bring in a point guard that's going to be a point guard. It's it's a matter of figuring out how you can put five guys on the court at one given time. Uh, and regardless of what you might classify them as or what ESPN might classify them as, know that they have collectively the ability to uh, run the offense, the offense is going to run efficiently, Uh, then that's certainly going to satisfy me as a Suns fan. So leading into then, you know, talking about the whole needing to fix the point guard position. Uh, McDonough this week came out and, and discussed how, you know, he's hitting that fast forward button on the timeline. They're going to be more aggressive in free agency this year than
1: perhaps we had anticipated originally. Uh, and is, go okay, on. Is, <laughs> is McDonough actually hitting the fast forward button or is he not hitting the pause button on the speed we're actually, we're actually moving? He's, I mean, he's really basically saying that Booker did fast forward. And mm-hmm. now he's got to play catch up, so he's not behind. He's not. So he's not really hitting fast forward on the timeline. The timeline fast forward. Just using
0: your words, buddy. You All said right. fast forward earlier, so. All right, but I, mean, I see the point you're making. Uh, I don't think the pause button thing is the right way of maybe putting not it. Pause, but, but you know, but the the timeline's accelerated right. based on Booker's faster than expected development. Fair. Um, so, heading into free agency, then the first name that. I've seen floated out there by anybody with, you know... Cloud. Credibility, a high yeah. level of credibility. Um was, was floated, by, and access, yeah, was floated by, I think those kind of go hand in hand, was floated by Gambo today, where he said the Suns are going to be making a, you know, a hard push um, for Avery, the newly traded Avery Bradley during during this year's um, free agency period. Um, Paul, thoughts on Avery Bradley? I mean, I think that's along the lines of what you were talking about, having, you know, a second Uh, a backcourt guy who's a defensive um, playmaker who has the ability to, you know, hit shots when needed, et cetera. And initiate the offense if necessary. And, um, you know, so thoughts on him, thoughts on anyone else in free agency, perhaps, that you would like to see the Suns target? I think, caveat this this discussion by saying I think a lot of this depends on exactly who the Suns get in the draft. Right. um, Because you've got a few backcourt options in the free agent market this coming season but it's also really heavy on guys that play the five right. so uh now that that caveat is done paul gone
1: um i mean i i do like the idea of avery bradley i think a lot of it comes down to is this season a blip or is this because like, he hasn't played that great for detroit i mean we'll see what happens now he's on the clippers you know different team different situation different uh different asks of what they want him to do. Um so we'll see if if he be kind of comes more of what he was at Boston or was that really just this a um a factor of Brad Stevens just really maximizing him because apparently that's what Brad Stevens is able to do is mm-hmm. just really maximize the positives and hide the weaknesses of his players. So we'll see what Avery bradley is. I'm actually kind of looking forward to kind of seeing how that goes but he does kind of fit that mold of what we were talking about of you know a guy who he can hit some shots and he was the average way 15 16 points this season yeah 15 points you know a couple assists and i mean he has a reputation for defense so if that reputation isn't doesn't just precede him but actually he can back it up you know that fits what we need of again if if and when uh josh jackson moves into that starting lineup you know you have that defense the defender at the three spot and you have a defender at the point guard spot to surround and hide Booker a little bit um, from, to kind of cover his, for his defensive uh, weaknesses, which is, you know, that's, you know, that's the concern with, you know, some of the backcourt guys who are in the draft right now. I know like Trey Young's defense is abysmal mm-hmm. and I, from what I can, what I've seen like statistically, Luka Doncic's defense isn't great. I mean it's better it's better than Trey Young's but I mean it's not like he's a stellar defender as well he's you know he's much more of an offensive player so you know one of those options could be what the Suns are looking for but as you said Justin it kind of really depends on what we look into with the draft you know if what's av- if the best you know we're still drafting for best player available and luckily this drafts is very top heavy with players that fit our two holes. Mm-hmm. So we can take. I mean, except for Michael Porter, Jr., Jr., Jr. Except for him, they're either point guards or bigs, and they'll fit right in with what, what we need. So go go that route. Figure out, get the best player available. Get the player we want. Player we want. I'd be happy with most of them. Um, and then use free agency to fill that in i mean other options that i'd be interested in looking at if we do go the point guard route in the draft is obviously Clint capella you know Mm -hmm. i mean if the rockets are serious of potentially making a run at lebron that he's kind of got to be the sacrifice i think because i think that they'd have to renounce his bird rights to even come close to being able to fit lebron in as a free agent unless they do something crazy with uh um, like a sign and trade for like Ryan Anderson or something, which do you really think Dan Gilbert's going to go for that? <laughs> so, I mean, unless they do that now.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, at least get something back for yeah. him. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, one thing that, <clears throat> and maybe I'm reading into Gambo coming out and talking about Avery Bradley too much, but, you know, the fact that that's the first name that, at least that I've heard, that's been floated... Um, y- and and it seemingly presumably comes from somewhere within the Suns. I mean, that would indicate to me that maybe when you know, the Suns are sitting in their little war room and thinking about what's going to happen with this draft, they're they're thinking they're going to end up with one of you know the big men that are going to be on the board. Which again, I'm totally fine with uh, DeAndre Ayton. Yes, please. Have I said that yet tonight? Yeah, I have. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that's going to be a recurring guy, recurring, you know, theme, yeah. recurring theme. Recurring uh, theme. It doesn't hurt that he's a Wildcat either. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if, if they get a big in the draft, then certainly looking at a uh, Avery Bradley makes, makes a lot of sense. Uh, And then, you know, even if they go, if they go with a point guard, I mean, you've got quite a number of options like, like we were talking about, Um, you know, aside from Capella, DeAndre Jordan is going to be out there if if you're looking for a guy like that. Um, Yeah. I
1: mean, mean, yeah. The only reason I suggest Capella is he is on the timeline closer. Um, I mean, DeAndre Jordan would could be a really good fit. I mean, I obviously probably have to move Chandler at that point, but um, you know, he is basically the next generation Chandler, a guy who you know defends, rebounds, blocks shots, and gets points off of uh, you know being around the basket. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I would I wouldn't hate having DeAndre Jordan on the team. I mean, it's it's possible. I don't know if I'd trade for him. I mean, outside of that's the only way Suns can get guys in the building, and like get them in the building, and then you can convince. Well, they tried to get. They son. tried
0: to get Blake Griffin in the building, and now he's going to spend the next couple of years in Detroit. So yeah, well, <laughs>
1: he's regretting that. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm unhappy about that because I wasn't interested in him anyway. I know you weren't. I was. A, I've always been a fan of Blake. Good for you. And I think the Sun, the Suns' uh, training staff, could have done. A lot for him
0: the only good thing that happened to blake griffin i feel like in the past week or so is uh enos canter has taken his his spot amongst the top fake tough guys in the nba <laughs> on, on on justin's list so justin's list? for what that's worth to either one of so those n- guys neither
1: neither of those those guys are on your like um it, the dark alley list like, what i don't know what <laughs> oh like who i would want backing me up in a dark alley yeah I'm
0: not saying they're not because they're both still huge. And I'm not a very big guy, but, but they wouldn't be at the top of that dark alley list. And, no. and they, they certainly wouldn't be the top NBA players on that list. PJ Tucker would probably <laughs> be mine. And I would say even outside of the NBA, they wouldn't make the top list uh, of, of mine. So no, to answer your question in a simple way, Paul, no, no. they would not make the top of that list. Um, just lost my train of thought. What were we were talking about? Oh, free oh, agency. Any,
1: any other thought? Any other? Um. Uh, to be honest, I'm not super impressed with this free agency class. I'd much rather try to do something with trades. Yeah, and
0: and you look at it too. I, I don't blame you for that because I mean, outside of some of the some of the bigs in the free agency class, mm-hmm. when you start looking at the at the backcourt options, you know, Isaiah Thomas. Anyone? Oh, no thanks. Um, you, you've got guys that either don't match timeline, or or going to you know in all likelihood resign, or are restricted, or whatever the case might be. So that obviously yeah. limits the the options, um, which is why Avery Bradley makes perfect sense when you're thinking about the first person that gets named because he's going to be unrestricted. Um, he's. He's been on what?
1: successful teams. He's been on
0: successful teams at, what, 27 or so? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's not that old. So that that name makes a lot of sense and is probably really one of the more realistic options um, in terms of backcourt guys that are going to be free agents. Um, but again, I, I think it's it's, it's going to be very dependent on what happens in the draft. And and with this being a heavy draft for bigs and with you know the limited... Availability of of some of the uh, you know backcourt guys in this in the in the free agent class, um, again going big and then targeting a guy like Avery Bradley seems like a very logical plan, and I think a plan that is going to you know certainly benefit the Suns. Again, give me DeAndre Ayton, and I'm 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 happy as a pig in shit at that point. Paul, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that much. Um, any other thoughts? Was it
1: your buddy? What was the thing your buddy said the other day, or is that what it was? Oh no, he said
0: oh. Yeah. This will be a good poll, or something. Maybe I'll put this on a poll on 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 the on the Twitter handle at Fan the NBA. Just for the record, um, he said, "Even a even a blind pig finds a trough sometimes." Which, like, I was befuddled by by that by that comment. Like, I, okay, I've heard even a blind squirrel finds a nut, but a blind pig finding a trough is something I've literally never heard in my life. And we were out, I was out in LA and we were, we were out at a bar when he said that. And we like started asking just random people and not one of them ever heard either. And he spent some of his time growing up in Midwest. He's like, maybe it's a Midwest thing. Well, I immediately texted my buddy who lives in Omaha and has lived there his whole life. And he's like, Nope, never heard it. So, if you've heard it out there, tell us in the comments because I want to hear. I want to find somebody else that, that has heard this. Now I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying I have never it's heard that used as an expression in my 35 years on this planet.
1: Neither have I, and that's I've lived 70, in
0: many. That's it, 70 years right
1: there, and I've actually lived in many parts of the country, including places where people had pigs and troughs and things like that. There you go, and even they didn't say it. Nope. In Texas is weird.
0: Yeah, that's true. Now as weird as Minnesota duck, duck gray duck, gray duck weirdos up there. Um, Okay, so what about Paul? Since we've got a little time here, I'd say yeah, why not? Los Suns jerseys. Fill us in, Paul. You're the you're the fashion
1: aficionado. He's not really, but no, I'm not.
0: I'll say he is now.
1: (laughs) I think they left. To be honest, I think they left a lot to be desired. Could have thrown a little more purple in there. You know, we need like seven more shades of purple. But um, actually, I think it's... On court, the Knicks were probably not the best team to uh, debut these jerseys Better than the Kings? Maybe. It's
0: like literally the same colors as the Kings. Go on, though. Finish your thought.
1: But my thought is the Knicks home court uniforms basically or their white and orange uniforms, look a lot like our white and orange uniforms. I was watching that Knicks game, or that's, that Suns-Knicks game, and there were a couple times where I saw a Knicks score a basket, and I'm like, like, almost cheered because I had to catch myself. I'm like, oh yeah, that's not the Suns playing in their white and orange uniforms on the Suns court against a team that I don't recognize the jerseys of. <laughs> Kind of, it's kind
0: of like my like Isaiah Cannon wearing number two, and me thinking that's still Eric Bledsoe. Sometimes, yeah, similar.
1: Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, you know, if they if they had debuted against you know say the Bucks or a team that has a very different color palette than the Suns, you know, just kind of to get us used to it a little bit, ease us into it, ease us into it, not create this mess with your head kind of thing. Fair enough. I, I assume they're not going to yeah. use those
0: like all that regularly,
1: though, right? they have get them a couple times. Did
0: I, you see the Miami ones, though? Those things are sweet, sick. Well, those done. are some good well ones. Done, Miami. I feel the, like the sun should have just busted out, like, uh, uh, similar to the, what the early '90s All-Star uniforms that the that they <laughs> there in, Phoenix <laughs> Wait, with the,
1: the cacti, the cacti on it. Honestly, what, what I was thinking could have would have been interesting is if instead of th- that weird constellation that we don't even get to see. Because I think it's on the other side of the world. I don't even know what you're talking about. On the back of the jersey, there's a constellation. Okay. Like, like it's it's like a five-star constellation. It's like a diamond with, like, a stick. And it's supposed to be, like, the constellation of the phoenix. Oh. Uh, or something like that.
0: That's that, that's that's digging deep right there by the designers.
1: It is. But I feel like they could have done something with... Maybe make that back more of, like, you know, a Latin pattern. Like, something mm-hmm. to, to evoke the you know the mexican and latin heritage that we have here in phoenix you know there's all kinds of you know various like kind of graffiti types and things like that that have a lot of mexican influence that it would have been kind of cool you have the like the solid front jersey and then the back is this like really cool like pattern that could have been something interesting there i think they even i think they might have tried something like that with like one of the black los suns jerseys a couple years back and i think that could have looked cool in the purple Okay. Um, Something like that would have been interesting because they went so minimalist where I, when you had all these options to do all kinds of stuff and they were like, okay, here's three, 14 different purples and a weird constellation that nobody knows. Right. And that's it. There's There was definitely more that could have been done with the jersey to really kind of make it pop. I mean, they didn't have to we don't we don't get to be a, do miami vice but right. we could have done hey dude oh there you go <laughs> a little
0: horseshoe on there little a little horseshoe. spursy maybe yeah. but still you know i'd be down for that or i guess more colts than spurs even um different sport uh we could have done i don't know some old people driving really slowly in a raising vehicle arizona. like you know we got like the, the <laughs> raising arizona that's a R- good, that's... route 66 that see that there i like that paul Route 66, that's often very oftentimes associated with Arizona, or maybe like the Grand Canyon, like some sort of like subtle image of the Grand Canyon. I don't know, but I guess that would kind of take away from the whole, you know, Hispanic heritage and culture right. thing they were going for, as would raising Arizona and <laughs> Route 66. And, 66. <laughs> and, hey, dude, and, hey, and dude, hey dude, hey
1: dude, and
0: probably dude. really bad. <laughs> and uh, old people driving, some, you know, those snowbirds coming in. But, but
1: I, mean, I mean, there's so much Latin culture here that. They call it Los Suns, and like they, it doesn't evoke to me Latin culture at all. And mm-hmm. that's what they were trying to go for. The only thing that evokes Latin culture is Los Suns. And I feel like the Los
0: Suns aspect of too, is kind of like a, almost like a cop out because they, they they've done the Los thing with a lot of other teams too. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's or the L the L Heat L Heat. Like they did that like not with the Miami Vice jerseys, but with yeah. exactly yeah. So I mean, it's kind of like. Okay, you're taking a concept that you used universally, maybe not universally, but with a lot of other teams in the league, and just saying, okay, yeah. now that's the Suns because we've got nothing better to come up with. I don't right. know. Who designs these things anyway? So just Nike? Do they just do it now? Like, they come up with the stuff?
1: I, mean, I feel like Robert, the Suns, Robert Sarver involved. should probably
0: bring us in on, like, some sort of panel. You know? uh, yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: there are many times that just, you know, just have a panel— Somebody will point out that there's a, a dick that, they, that nobody noticed.
0: Are you talking about? The, what are you talking about? Really quick, I just wanted. Um, what knife? Was so. This, was it somewhere? Like
1: I, the one that pops to my mind right now is they. You don't pay attention to Marvel Comics movies, but they released a, an image of uh, the next the Ant Man sequel. Okay. And it's Ant Man and the Wasp, and there's clearly an upside down penis on the wasp's uniform. Hmm,
0: interesting. <laughs> It's very interesting. Well, you, you know, I, the reason I asked you what you were talking about is because one time I was, this has to be, I don't know, six years ago, I was buying a, a hat at a Diamondbacks game. Um, and I was wearing uh, an older hat that I had that was pro- probably came out when they first changed their colors and logos and stuff. And it was a spring training hat that had like the DB mm. together that formed like a snakehead type thing. Right. And, and the guy that was working in the store goes, oh you have one of those hats and I'm like yeah he goes haven't you noticed they stopped selling hats that have that exact design I go looked around I'm like oh yeah I guess they have he goes yeah they got complaints saying it looked too phallic because yeah. the you know what I mean yeah. so I, that's I wasn't sure if you were referring to that or not which is why I asked obviously you were not you came up with a more you know time-relevant um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, example. But, but kudos to you for uh, giving me a little education on Marvel Comics here tonight. So, all right, Paul. Well, we've hit the topics. So you, I, I don't care about the Low Suns jerseys really that much. I mean, I'm just... Apparently, this is Justin's episode like hat, of indifference because I was kind of indifferent to that as well. I,
1: I do legitimately like the hat that mm-hmm. has that. That's mm-hmm. the all-purple... Purples mm-hmm. hat. Because, honestly... Orange doesn't look good on me, even though I am wearing an orange shirt as we speak. I think but I don't I think wear the shirt great. in public. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no but comment? The, the, pur- the purple hat, I do really like that one and legitimately might buy it. Well, I'm, I'm excited. We'll
0: fill you in next time as to whether or not Paul bought the hat. I, I would love them to just go back to, yeah. I know they have the throwback this year with one of the home jerseys, but I think those pre- u.s airways america western whatever you want to call it before the suns got barkley and tra- changed their uh, logos and everything the first time around i think those uniforms those jerseys are the best ones they've had at least personally they're my favorite so uh on that note paul we've hit our topics i've explained my multiple levels of indifference right now uh which maybe makes sense as a suns fan right way yeah. things has been going different uh anything else my friend no, not really. No, that, that'll cover it. All right. Well, as always, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at so Says and Paul at Dervish World, and of course the new Twitter handle, new-ish at Fan the Flames NBA. Uh, give us a follow there send us tweets there we're still trying to figure out how to exactly how to use that why do we why i don't know why we even have that still paul but go whatever hey that's all you man um (laughs) and uh until next time as always thank you for listening and depending on when you're listening have a good morning good afternoon or good evening
1: where does he get those wonderful toys